Pendant Productions proudly presents King John, written by William Shakespeare. Act 5 Thus have I yielded up into your hand the circle of my glory. Take again from this my hand, as holding of the Pope your sovereign greatness and authority. Now keep your holy word. Go, meet the French. And from his holiness, use all your power to stop their marches, for we are inflamed. Our discontented counties do revolt. Our people quarrel with obedience, swearing allegiance and a love of soul to stranger blood, to foreign royalty. This inundation of mistempered humor rests by you only to be qualified. Then pause not, for the present time so sick that present medicine must be ministered, or overthrow incurable ensues. It was my breath that blew this tempest up upon your stubborn usage of the Pope. But since you are a gentle convertite, my tongue shall hush again this storm of war and make fair weather in your blustering land. On this ascension day, remember well, upon your oath of service to the Pope go I to make the French lay down their arms. Is this ascension day? Did not the prophet say that before ascension day at noon my crown I should give off? Even so, I have. I did suppose it should be on constraint, but heaven be thanked, it is but voluntary. All Kent hath yielded, nothing there holds out but Dover Castle. London hath received like a kind host the Dauphin and his powers. Your nobles will not hear you, but have gone off a service to your enemy, and wild amazement hurries up and down the little number of your doubtful friends. Would not my lords return to me again after they heard young Arthur was alive? They found him dead and cast into the streets, an empty casket, where the jewel of life by some damned hand was robbed and taken away. That villain Hubert told me he did live! So on my soul he did, for all he knew. But wherefore do you droop? Why look you sad? Be great in act as you have been in thought. Let not the world see fear and sad distrust govern the motion of a kingly eye. Be stirring as the time, be fire with fire, threaten the threatener and outface the brow of bragging horror. So shall inferior eyes that borrow their behaviors from the great grow great by your example and put on the dauntless spirit of resolution. Away and glister like the god of war when he intendeth to become the field. Show boldness and aspiring confidence. What, shall they seek the lion in his den and fright him there, and make him tremble there? Oh, let it not be said. Forage, and run to meet displeasure farther from the doors, and grapple with him ere he comes so nigh. The legate of the Pope hath been with me, and I have made a happy peace with him. And he hath promised to dismiss the powers led by the Dauphin. Oh, inglorious league. Shall we upon the footing of our land send fair play orders and make compromise, insinuation, parley, and base truce to arms invasive? Shall a beardless boy, a cockered silken wanton, brave our fields and flesh his spirit in a warlike soil, mocking the air with colors idly spread, and find no check? Let us my leash to arms, perchance the cardinal cannot make your peace. Or if he do, let it at least be said they saw we had a purpose of defense. Have thou the ordering of this present time. Away then, with good courage. Yet I know, our party may well meet a prouder foe. 
My Lord Melon, let this be copied out and keep it safe for our remembrance. Return the precedent to these lords again, that having our fair order written down, both they and we, perusing all these notes, may know wherefore we took the sacrament, and keep our faiths firm and inviolable. Upon our sides it never shall be broken. And noble dolphin, albeit we swear a voluntary zeal, and an unurged faith to your proceedings, yet believe me, Prince, I am not glad that such a sore of time should seek a plaster by contempted revolt, and heal the inveterate canker of one wound by making many. Oh, it grieves my soul that I must draw this metal from my side to be a widow-maker. Oh, and there where honorable rescue and defense cries out upon the name of Sawsberry. But such is the infection of the time, that for the health and physic of our right, we cannot deal but with the very hand of stern injustice and confused wrong. And is not pity, O oh my grieved friends, that we, the sons and daughters of this isle, were born to see so sad an hour as this, wherein we step after a stranger march upon her gentle bosom, and fill up her enemies' ranks. I must withdraw and weep upon the spot of this enforced cause, to grace the gentry of a land remote, and follow unacquainted colors here. What here? O nation that thou couldst remove, that Neptune's arms who clippeth thee about could bear thee from the knowledge of thyself and grapple thee into a pagan shore, where these two Christian armies might combine the blood of malice in a vein of league, and not to spend it so unneighborly. A noble temper dost thou show in this, and great affections wrestling in thy bosom dost make an earthquake of nobility. Oh, what a noble combat hast thou fought between compulsion and a brave respect. Let me wipe off this honorable dew that silverly does progress on thy cheeks. My heart has melted at a lady's tears being an ordinary inundation. But this effusion of such manly drops, this shower blown up by tempests of the soul startles mine eyes and makes me more amazed than had I seen the vaulty top of heaven figured quite o'er with burning meteors. Lift up thy brow, renowned Salisbury, and with a great heart heave away the storm. Commend these waters to those baby eyes that never saw the giant world enraged, nor met with fortune other than at feasts, full of warm blood, of mirth, of gossiping. Come, come, for thou shalt thrust thy hand as deep into the purse of rich prosperity as Louis himself. So, nobles, shall you all, that knit your sinews to the strength of mine, and even there, methinks an angel spake. Look, where the holy legate comes apace to give us warrant from the hand of heaven, and on our actions set the name of right with holy breath. Hail, noble prince of France. The next is this. King John hath reconciled himself to Rome. His spirit is come in, but so stood out against the holy church, the great metropolis and the sea of Rome. Therefore thy threatening colours now wind up, and tame the savage spirit of wild war, that like a line fostered up at hand it may lie gently at the foot of peace, and be no further harmful than in show. Your grace shall pardon me. I will not back. I am too high-born to be propertied, to be a secondary at control, or useful serving man and instrument to any sovereign state throughout the world. Your breath first kindled the dead coal of wars between this chastised kingdom and myself, and brought in matters that should feed this fire. And now, tis far too huge to be blown out with that same weak wind which enkindled it. You taught me how to know the face of right, acquainted me with interest to this land, yea, 
thrust this enterprise into my heart. And come ye now to tell me Jean hath made his peace with Rome? What is that peace to me? I, by the honor of my marriage bed, after young Asa claimed this land for mine, and now it is half conquered, must I back because John hath made his peace with Rome? Am I Rome's slave? What penny hath Rome borne? What men provided? What munition sent to underprop this action? It's not I that undergo this charge? Who else but I, and such as to my claim are liable, sweat in this business and maintain this war? Have I not heard these islanders shout out, Vive le Roi! as I have banked their towns. Have I not here the best cards for the game to win this easy match played for a crown? And shall I now give o'er the yielded set? No, no on my soul, it never shall be set. You look but on the outside of this work. Outside or inside, I will not return till my attempt so much be glorified as to my ample hope was promised before I drew this gallant head of war and culled these fiery spirits from the world to outlook conquest and to win renown even in the jaws of danger and of death. What lusty trumpet thus doth summon us? According to the fair play of the world, let me have audience. I am sent to speak. My holy lord of Milan, from the king I come, to learn how you have dealt for him. And as you answer, I do know the scope and warrant limited unto my tongue. The Dauphin is too willful opposite, and will not temporize with my entreaties. He flatly says he'll not lay down his arms. <laughs> By all the blood that ever fury breathed, the youth says well. Now hear our English king. For thus his royalty doth speak in me. He is prepared, and reason too he should. This apish and unmannerly approach, this unharnessed mask and unadvised revel, this unhaired sauciness and boyish troops, the king doth smile at, and is well prepared to whip this dwarvish war in his pygmy arms from out the circle of his territories. There, end thy brave, and turn thy face in peace. We grant thou canst outscold us. Fare thee well. We hold our time too precious to be spent with such a brabbler. Give me leave to speak. No, I will speak. We will attend to neither. Strike up the drums, and let the tongue of war plead for our interest and our being here. Indeed, your drums being beaten will cry out, and so shall you being beaten. Do but start an echo with the clamor of thy drum, and even at hand a drum is ready braced that shall reverberate all as loud as thine. Sound but another, and another shall as loud as thine rattle the welkin's ear and mock the deep-mouthed thunder. For at hand, not trusting to this halting legate here, whom he hath used rather for sport than need, is warlike John, and in his forehead sits a bare-ribbed death, whose office is this day to feast upon whole thousands of the French. Strike up the drums to find this danger out. And thou shalt find it, Dauphin. Do not doubt. How goes the day with us? Uh, tell me, Hubert, 
Badly, I fear. How fares your majesty? This fever that hath troubled me so long lies heavy on me. Oh, my heart is sick. My lord, your valiant kinsman Falconbridge desires your majesty to leave the field and send him word by me which way you go. Uh, tell him towards Swinstead, to the abbey there. Be of good comfort, for the great supply that was expected by the Dauphin here are wrecked three nights ago on Goodwin Sands. This news was brought to Richard but even now. The French fight coldly and retire themselves. I me, this tyrant fever burns me up and will not let me welcome this good news. Set on towards Swinstead, to my litter straight. Weakness possesseth me and I am faint. I did not think the king so stored with friends. Up once again, put spirit in the French. If they miscarry, we miscarry too. That misbegotten devil, Falconbridge, in spite of spite alone upholds the day. Say King John, sore sick, hath left the field. Lead me to the revolts of England here. When we were happy, we had other names. It is the Count Malone, wounded to death. Fly, noble English. You are uh, bought and sold under the rude eye of rebellion. Uh, and uh, welcome home again, discarded wraith. Seek out King John and fall before his feet. For if the French be lords of this of this loud day, he means to recompense the pains you take by cutting off your heads. Thus hath he sworn. And I, with him, and many more with me, upon uh, <coughs> the altar at St. Edmundsbury, even on that altar where we swore to you, dear Amity, and everlasting love. May this be possible. May this be true. Have uh, I not hideous death within my view, retaining but a quantity of life, uh, which <coughs> bleeds away, even as a form of wax resolveth uh, from his figure against the fire? What in the world? should make me now deceive, since I must lose uh, the use of all deceit. Why should I then be false, since it is true that I must die here and live hence by truth? I say again, if Louis... Uh, uh, 
If Louis do win the day, he is forsworn. If e'er those eyes of yours behold another uh, daybreak in the east. But even this night, whose black contagious breath uh, already smokes about the burning crest of the old, feeble, and dayward sun. Even this ill night, your breathing shall expire, paying the fine of rated treachery. Uh, even with a treacherous fine of all your lives, if Louis, by your assistance, uh, win the day, uh, uh, commend me to one Hubert with your king. Uh, the love of him and uh, his respect. Uh, besides, <coughs> for that my grandsire was an Englishman, awakes my conscience to confess all this in the whereof. I pray you, bear me hence from forth. The noise and rumor of the fields, where I may think the, the remnant of my thoughts in peace and part this body and my soul with contemplation and devout desires. We do believe thee. And beshrew my soul, but I do love the favor and the form of this most fair occasion, by the which we will untread the steps of damned flight, and like a baited and retired flood, leaving our rankness and irregular course, stoop low within those bounds we have overlooked, and cabby run on in obedience even to our ocean to our great King John. My arm shall give thee help to bear thee hence, for I do see the cruel pangs of death right in thine eye. Away, my friends, new flight and happy newness that intends old right. of heaven methought was loath to set, but stayed and made the western welkin blush, when English measure backwards their own ground in faint retire. Oh, bravely came we off, when, with a volley of our needless shot, after such bloody toil, we bid good night, and wound our tattering colors clearly up, last in the field, and almost lords of it. Where is my prince, the Dauphin? Here. What news? The Count Melon is slain. The English lords, by his persuasion, are again fallen off. And your supply, which you have wished so long, are cast away and sunk on Goodwin Sands. Ah, foul shrewd news. Beshrew thy very heart. 
I did not think to be so sad tonight as this has made me. Who was he that said King John did fly an hour or two before the stumbling night did part our weary paths? Whoever spoke it, it is true, my lord. Well, keep good quarter and good care tonight. The day shall not be up so soon as I to try the fair advantage of tomorrow. Who's there? Speak, ho! Speak quickly or I shoot! A friend? What art thou? Of the part of England. Whither dost thou go? What's that to thee? Why may not I demand of thine affairs as well as thou of mine? Hubert, I think. Thou hast a perfect thought. I will upon all hazards well believe thou art my friend that knows my tongue so well. Who art thou? Who thou wilt. And if thou please, thou mayst befriend me so much as to think I come one way of the Plantagenets. Unkind remembrance! Thou and I this night have done me shame. Brave soldier, pardon me that any accent breaking from thy tongue should escape the true acquaintance of mine ear. Come, come, sans compliment. What news abroad? Why, here walk I in the black brow of night to find you out. Brief, then, and what's the news? Oh, my sweet sir, news fitting to the night. Black, fearful, comfortless, and horrible. Show me the very wound of this ill news. I am no woman. I'll not swoon at it. The king, I fear, is poisoned by a monk. I left him almost speechless, and broke out to acquaint you with this evil, that you might the better arm you to the sudden time than if you had at leisure known of this. How did he take it? Who did taste to him? A monk, I tell you. A resolved villain whose bowels suddenly burst out. Who didst thou leave to tend to his majesty? Why, know you not? The nobles are all come back, and brought Prince Henry in their company, at whose request the king hath pardoned them, and they are all about his majesty. Withhold thine indignation, mighty heaven, and tempt us not to bear above our power. I'll tell thee, Hubert, half my power this night passing these flats are taken by the tide. These Lincoln washes have devoured them. Myself, well mounted, hardly have escaped. Away before, conduct me to the king. I doubt he will be dead or ere I come. It is too late. The life of all his blood is touched corruptibly, and his pure brain, which some suppose the soul's frail dwelling-house, doth by the idle comments that it makes foretell the ending of mortality. His Highness yet doth speak, and holds belief that, being brought into the open air, it would allay the burning quality of that fell poison which assaileth him. Let him be brought into the orchard here. Doth he still rage? Well, he is more patient than when you left him. Even now he sung. O oh, vanity of sickness! Fierce extremes in their continuance will not feel themselves. Death, having preyed upon the outward parts, leaves them invisible. And his siege is now against the mind, the which he pricks and wounds with many legions of strange fantasies, which, in their throng and press to that last hold, confound themselves. Tis strange that death should sing. I am the signet to this pale, faint swan, who chants a doleful hymn to his own death, and from the organ-pipe of frailty sings his soul and body to their lasting rest. Be of good comfort, Prince. 
for you are born to set a form upon that indigest which he hath left so shapeless and so rude. Ay, marry, now my soul hath held a room, it would not out at windows nor doors. There is so hot a summer in my bosom that all my vows crumble up to dust. I am a scribbled form, drawn with a pen upon a parchment, and against this fire do I shrink up. How fares your majesty? Poisoned. <laughs> Ill fare. Dead, forsook, cast off, and none of you will bid the winter come to thrust his icy fingers in my maw, nor let my kingdom's rivers take the course of my burnt bosom, nor entreat the north to make his bleak winds kiss my parched lips and comfort me with cold. Oh, that there were some virtue in my tears that might relieve you. The salt in them is hot. Within me is a hell. And there the poison is as a fiend confined to tyrannize on unreprievable condemned blood. Oh, I am scalded with my violent motion and spleen of speed to see your majesty. Oh, cousin, <coughs> the heart come to set mine eye. The tackle of my heart is cracked and burned. Nor the shrouds wherewith my life should sail are turned to one thread. One little hair, my heart hath one poor string to stay it by, which holds but till thy news be uttered. And then all this thou seest is but a clod and module of confounded royalty. The Dauphin's preparing hitherward, where heaven he knows how we shall answer him. For in a night, the best part of my power, as I upon advantage did remove, were in the washes all unwarily devoured by the unexpected flood. <laughs> ah. <clears throat> you breathe these dead news in as dead an ear. My liege, my lord, but now a king, now thus. Even so must I run on, and even so stop. What surety of the world, what hope, what stay, when... This was now a king, and now is clay. Art thou gone so? I do but stay behind to do the office for thee of revenge. And then my soul shall wait on thee to heaven, as it on earth hath been thy servant still. Now, now, you stars that move in your right spheres, where be your powers? Show now your mended face, and instantly return with me again to push destruction and perpetual shame out of the weak door of our fating land. Straight let us seek, or straight we shall be sought. The Dauphin rages at our very heels. It seems you know not then so much as we. The Cardinal Pendulph is within at rest, who half an hour since came from the Dolphin, and brings with him such offers of our peace as we with honor and respect may take, with purpose presently to leave this war. He will the rather do it when he sees ourselves well sinewed to our defense. Nay, it is in a manner done already, for many carriages he hath dispatched to the seaside, and put his cause and quarrel to the disposing of the cardinal, with whom yourself, myself, and other lords, if you think meet, this afternoon will post to consummate this business happily. Let it be so. And you, my noble prince, 
with other princes that may best be spared, shall wait upon your father's funeral. At Worcester must his body be interred, for so he willed it. Thither shall it then, and happily may your sweet self put on the lineal state and glory of the land, to whom with all submission on my knee I do bequeath my faithful services and true subjection everlastingly. And the like tender of our love we make, to rest without a spot forevermore. I have a kind soul that would give you thanks, and knows not how to do it but with tears. Oh, let us pay the time but needful woe, since it hath been beforehand with our griefs. This England never did nor never shall lie at the proud foot of a conqueror but when it first did help to wound itself. Now these her princes are come home again, come the three corners of the world in arms, and we shall shock them. Naught shall make us rue if England to itself do rest but true. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show, King John, Act 5, featuring the voice talents of Kyle Garrett as Philip the Bastard, Russell Gold as King John, Will Harrison Wallace as Louis the Dauphin, Laura Bramblett as the Countess of Salisbury, Edward Herman as Hubert, Will Shipley as Prince Henry, Karim Cronfley as Cardinal Pandolf, Natalia Orlovsky as the Countess of Pembroke, Dave Morgan as the Messenger, and Adam Blanford as Moulin. Written by William Shakespeare, adapted for audio by Landon Bell, directed by George Linfield, assistant director Joel Rowan, music by Doxand Zygmunt of soundcloud.com forward slash Doxand hyphen Zygmunt. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2018 Pendant Productions. Oh, what a lovely day. Oh? Hello, announcer speaking. When to the sessions of sweet silent thought, I summon up a remembrance of things past. I sigh the lack of many a thing I sought, and with old woes, new wail my dear times waste. Yeah, I'm a nostalgic guy myself. There was this one time that... Why didn't thou promise such a beauteous day, and make me travel forth without my cloak? To let base clouds overtake me in my way, hiding my bravery in their rotten smoke? Hey, I didn't do any promising, but you should probably get a refund from whoever did. Love is too young to know what conscience is, yet who knows not conscience is born of love. Look, did you call for therapy, or did you call in for a sonnets trailer? Then, gentle cheater, urge not my amiss. Yeah, um, okay. Bye. Huh. <sighs> The Sonnets Part 13 premieres next month, presented by the Wild Bill Variety Show. Listen or catch up anytime on desktop or mobile at PendantAudio.com.
And now back to my coffee. Dang, if those sonnets' voices aren't straight to the point. 